0: This week, I'll be real with you. Kind of what Rick was experiencing, I was experiencing in a different way in regards to different things, but I felt like I hit a wall when it came to the turning of the page to the new year. And leaving behind so many things that I knew and had what I thought was certainty about. And I don't know about you, but 2020 was definitely a great shaking to strip away the things that don't really matter. And the Lord just, he, he, he brought me through to that, from that wall and opened the door and said, step into the new. Step into my presence. Don't let that stop you. Because here's the thing. You know, we started out the year, greater things will you do in my name. You will heal the sick. You will cast out demons. You will raise the dead. And see, the enemy this week, he wanted me to say, don't you dare be that bold over 2021. Look what I did this year. And we just spent Sunday last week praising God for everything that he did. And there's so many things I don't even know that he has done in your life, but you're sitting here alive and breathing and moving and active in the word of God and and, and, in his presence. And that is a miracle in and of itself. And we get so distracted by, by lists and priorities and what we should be doing, what we should be accomplishing, and the Lord's like, no, I just want you to walk today with me. I want you to spend time in my presence. I don't want you to have a perfect plan laid out. I want you to trust me for today, and I'll walk you into my perfect plan. Because, see, I'm a, I'm, like a, I want, I'm a visionary, so I like, I like to have a board. I want to have it all laid. I'm a teacher, too. So, like, you know, all laid out, the plan for the year. And it was like the pages were just going like this out of the planner. It was just, they're, whoa. Come on, right? Did you experience that? Like, oh, we can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do that. It's all It's going. It's going. It's gone. What does this year even look like? But you know what it was? Was the release of control. Because what last year looked like was the Lord taking us into a place of complete surrender to His plans, His will, His purposes to bring about his will, guys. That's why we're here. We're not here to just eat and and hang out and have a good time. We're here to bring about the kingdom of God, kingdom come. We saw house fires established last year. We saw things just, just so many things happen that shouldn't have happened because of so many reasons, but God did it anyway in a bigger and better way. So 2021, we were praying about this year. Because the enemy didn't want me to have a plan or, a, or not a, not a plan, but a word for the year. Don't be bold. Don't speak about it. And I, and I pushed through into the presence and God said, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm giving you. And this is what you need to speak for Sunday. Let's just take on Sunday, okay? Okay. I'm just being real with you guys. Share my heart, okay? God is so good. And his spirit is truth. Our response to 2020 is the harvest is ripe. Harvest the promises. We were were talking this week about the harvest. And I was like, I don't know why, but harvest. Somebody said harvest, harvest. It's time to harvest. Let's harvest, not just harvesting people, but harvesting the promises that you've been carrying for years. It's time to step in and say, okay, I'm going to claim that promise. and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to stop shrinking back and pulling back. We have an unchanging commission. Matthew 28, Matthew 16, the great commission is for every believer. So if you're sitting here thinking this is not for you, this is exactly for you. Your name is all over it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is our commission as a believer. When you become a believer, you don't become a believer just to be religious and to be in the presence of God sometimes. You become a believer because the presence is in you, the kingdom is in you, and you are to call to go and preach the gospel. I'm not a preacher. Well, then go and love somebody in a way that is you and Jesus into them. You don't have to look a certain way or know so much. The Holy Spirit within you will give you exactly what you need. Do we trust him or not to be everything we need? This is a now word. I'm gonna get here. This is not, not next year. In the next five years, we're gonna see God do this. It's now or never. It's now. And I felt the intensity of that. Now is the harvest. Now. Don't wait. Don't say, ah, until I'm ready. Well, when I have this, this, and this in my life in order, then I will obey the Great Commission. No, now. Don't go after predictions about what will happen. This is a quote from Mario Murillo. Instead, go after God and make something happen. Because I don't know about you, I like to have like, oh, the word for the year, the theme for the year. And one thing I can promise you about this year, because I learned last year there's not a whole lot you can make promises about, and we shouldn't. But one thing I can promise you is that God never changes, that his presence will be in 2021. Come on. And that is all we need. That is all we need. That is one thing I am confident that will not shift, will not change. The presence of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit's power will be active and powerful and moving. And we have to keep our focus there on the kingdom, on his kingdom. Let his kingdom come His will be done. Keep your focus, Leslie. Keep your focus. It's a now word. Where he is, we win. And I'm not talking about winning a competition. I'm talking about winning because the blood of Jesus paid the price for every one of those people outside of this room to know him. The blood of Jesus paid the price for the victory. So we stand in victory no matter what is happening around us. We stand in a place where we win. And when we win, harvest happens. And I'm going to clarify what does it mean to win to win isn't about a competition our winning looks like laying our lives down and taking up the cross of Jesus Christ that's winning there's no better glory no better place to be our winning looks like throwing caution to the wind and telling everyone we can that they can walk in the same abundant life that we are throwing caution to the wind I am full out abandoned to do whatever you ask me to do, wherever you ask me to do it, whenever you ask me to do it. Are we in that place? Because that's what 2021 looks like. It's all out abandoned. I'm ready. Send me. I'm ready. I will go. Mm. The definition of the word harvest is to gain, to win, or use. A prize, product, or result of any past act. How do you reap a harvest? What well, has to be planted? Go with me to John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38. How do you reap a harvest? How do you act upon the word of God? The harvest has been planted. Let's read this passage together. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God. I'm in the New Living Translation. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four more months, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the passage I have memorized, the version I have memorized, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. There's a saying, four more months and then the harvest. But Jesus said, wake up, look around. It's ripe and ready. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and now you will get together and gather the harvest. And that that question, if you look at different versions, it's a question, why do you say four more months and then the harvest? Why do we always say five more years and then the church will be ready? If we do this program, this program, and this program, then we'll be ready for the harvest. If we are ready in, in this way in my life and I've gotten rid of all the fear and anxiety, then I'll be ready to harvest. No, the harvest is now. It's now. And he said very clearly, wake up and look around. Stop looking at the dark and look at the light. He says, It's time. Pick that fruit. Go after it. It is time to harvest. And you see, Jesus said, The work's already been done. Now do it. We get the fun part. The planting has been done, the seeds have been sown. And sometimes we're sowing seeds and we don't get to see the harvest. And maybe we've been in a season like that for a long time, but the Lord is saying, Now is the time to harvest what has been planted. Let's go. We can't be lazy. We can't be lazy. We can't be lackadaisical. Whatever the word is, we have to be about the Father's business. And now is the time.
1: Good, and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Three separate times that we know of that are recorded in Scripture. Jesus speaks about the harvest. Leslie just read chronologically the first one in John 4. He said these words to his disciples just after he had the encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And he looked at the Samaritans, remember, who were half-breeds between Jew and Gentile. They were looked at as outcasts, as unclean. Jews did not associate with them. And he was moved with compassion as he saw them coming out. And he looked at his disciples and said, Look at them. They are the harvest. He was moved with compassion. The next time Jesus speaks of the harvest is in Matthew chapter 9, before he sends out his 12 disciples. We're gonna start in verse 35, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Jesus walked throughout the region. With the joyful message of God's kingdom realm, he taught in their meeting houses. And wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. What is our responsibility, church? Go and pray. And we can't neglect one or the other. Leslie just said it, the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the good news of the kingdom. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest, the Holy Spirit, to cast out more laborers into a harvest field. That word there for cast or thrust out, is the same Greek word used in the Gospels for when Jesus would cast a demon out of someone. To thrust out, forcefully cast. And he says, pray. As you go, plead, fervently pray that the Holy Spirit will respond and cast out more laborers into the harvest field." The greater number of reapers, the greater number of harvesters, it's simple mathematics, the greater the harvest. That's why we must be compelled by love to pray that God will raise up and call out more harvesters, more ministers, more missionaries, which we all are one, by the way, to go out into all the world to proclaim the good news of the kingdom because there are people desperately crying out for hope and they're looking for love in all the wrong places. You're rubbing off on me. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not singing it. Chuck Baker, he'll sing it for me, won't you? (laughs) Uh, They're looking for it. And you have it. You lack nothing. You have been equipped. It is now. The next time Jesus speaks of the harvest, or I'm sorry, no, no, no. We're we're going on a little bit further here. So, directly after this, the very next verse, John chapter 10, it's on the screens. Jesus gathered his 12. So right after he says, pray that the owner of the harvest, uh, for him to thrust out more reapers of uh, into his harvest fields, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and heal every sickness and every disease. Verse five, Jesus commissioned these 12 to go out into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. Don't go to any non-Jewish or Samaritan. The Samaritan territory, he tells them to go later on, go into all the world, but right now to the Jew first. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel, verse seven. As you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible, close enough to touch, You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. And that is an unchanging commission for his bride. And you are equipped to do just that. The full context surrounding this passage makes it clear that preaching the kingdom is to be accompanied by evidence of God asserting his power against the forces of sin, sickness, and Satan. Preaching the kingdom must be accompanied by a manifestation of God's power. It's what Jesus did. He preached, but he also healed the sick, he cast out demons. He made fish and bread supernaturally multiply. And that's what we're seeing in this passage. He says, go and preach the kingdom of God, but also you have been empowered with the authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. This authority that Jesus demonstrated over the previous five chapters of Matthew, you see the disciples, they, they already knew what he was talking about because they had watched the master at his craft. They saw him do it. They had spent time with him. They were close with him. And they knew if Jesus says I can do it, I can do it. This authority was now given to the disciples and I love this. They became, Jesus makes them the answer to their own prayer for more harvesters. Don't be surprised when you begin to pray for harvesters to go out into the world, you get a knock on your door. And he may be calling you to someplace completely unexpected, but trust and obey. He's calling you. I wanna add this in here. I've heard many missionaries say this quote, and you've heard it before. Do not call the enemy whom God has called the harvest. Listen, do not call the enemy whom God has called the harvest. Jesus looked at the Samaritans. They were enemies of the Jews, the Gentiles. They were not allowed to associate. They were not allowed to worship together. They were not allowed to be in relationship with each other. Yet they are the harvest we are to reach. The lost sheep do not call the enemy whom God has called to harvest. Every person that you look into the eyes of, Jesus loves them. Jesus died for them. No one is below your love. No one is below your compassion. Let me put it to you this way. Jesus loves Joe Biden. Jesus died for Kamala Harris. Jesus loves Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump and Mike Pence. We need to stop speaking death and start speaking life. And we need to start declaring that they will have a Damascus Road encounter with Jesus. Listen, we keep continually speaking death and prophesying death and destruction to America. Guess what's going to happen? We need a church that will rise up and declare life and hope. With God, all things are possible. Start praying like all things are possible. That is what is going to turn this nation around and bring a revival to America. No one is beyond his reach. He loves everybody. And that needs to be our perspective. With every person we encounter every minute of our day, Jesus died for that person. He loves that person. So I must therefore be compelled to reach them in love and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and self-control. I use the horn in my car way too often. <laughs> Jesus loves that person. The third time, Jesus speaks of the harvest in Luke chapter 10. It's on the screens. It's out of the New Living Translation. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and the places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. Sounds very familiar. The harvest is great, but the workers are so few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Skip down to verse eight. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you the commission has not changed and the reason these disciples were capable of doing exactly what they have been called to do is because they knew Jesus they had been intimate with him in their in their training in listening and hearing and watching and that is what enabled them To do what they had been called to. They had been with him. They they knew his voice. They knew his heart. They knew his nature. And he had empowered them and given them the authority. Do we know his heart? Do we know his nature? Do we know that we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to go into all the world and preach the good news, heal the sick, raise the dead? Freely we have received, so freely we give. Amen?
0: I have three words that I want to send you out with to remember. This is your plan for this whole year. Are you ready? (laughs) The Lord was speaking to me while Travis was reading Luke 10, and Jesus sent out 35 teams, totaling 70 people in all. So he was organized about his stuff. So I'm not crazy for wanting organization and structure and like a laid out beautiful plan. But the only way that this plan can be accomplished is through these three areas being covered in you on a daily basis. Intimacy, number one. The only way that we can reap a harvest is we, if we go to the Lord of the harvest and we spend time with him, we learn his voice. Because Sean, when you step out of your house and you meet somebody, you wanna be able to hear the Father's voice about the person you're speaking to. You wanna be able to speak life and call out destiny in them. Because guess what? Every single one of us, he has a plan for. We don't say that because it's cute. We say it because it's true. Jesus picked at all these disciples and they were all unique and different and Thomas was a doubter and Peter was a loud mouth and so on and so forth. He takes us and he brings his life out of us and his kingdom out of us, no matter what our personality traits are like, they're, they're for his glory. And he's calling you to say, I'm Stop shrinking back and step into what I'm asking you to do. And it starts with you being in intimacy. We're scared of that sometimes. We're scared I'm not worthy to be intimate with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, yes, I have called you worthy. Come to me. The harvest will come out of intimacy. And out of intimacy because when you have an encounter with God on a daily basis, when you read the word, when you pray, when you fast, when you worship him, You see, everything we do is worship. Come on. It's not sitting for three hours straight and not moving. It's living a life active in the presence of God, having moments where you're hearing his voice. That's intimacy, intimacy. And out of intimacy, then, identity forms. You know who you are. Christina, you are a daughter of the king. And the more you spend time with the king, the more you stand up straighter, and you fix that crown, and you walk in his calling. Because out of intimacy, your identity then is formed. I am who he says I am. Come on. Are you who he says you are? Do you know what that sounds like? Who does he say you are? A failure? Full of shame and guilt? No. He says you're a victor. So if you spend time with the Lord, he forms an identity in you. But what also happens is in in that intimacy, what also happens then is you are able to see the Jesus identity in somebody else. And that person that annoys the socks off of you, you are able to look at them and see the image of God in them. And then the harvest comes. You see, because then you call out the harvest in them. You call out the Jesus in them. You call out the destiny in them. Come on. So out of intimacy, our identity forms, and then we're able to then see an increase. Intimacy, identity, increase. You see, the natural result of being with God is increase. Increase of his presence, increase of harvest, increase of promises. That's the natural result so when we spend time with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we listen to his voice, and we, we, we walk in, in the identity, in the new clothes of righteousness, because when we spend time with a righteous father, we become the righteousness of God. So we get our clothes, and then we go out and say, hey, that, that coat doesn't belong to you anymore. Take it off. Jesus has something so much better for you, and he wants to give you a life that you never dreamed of. That is the gospel, the good news. He wants to give you a new heart that your heart is broken. I sense the Holy Spirit is saying your heart is broken. Don't be afraid to listen to the Spirit of God to speak prophetically into somebody's life. Out of intimacy flows your identity. Then you're able to see the identity in somebody else and call it out and there comes the harvest. There comes the increase. See, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, I want to I show you, this is not just a New Testament thing. The New Testament makes this encounter even more radically possible on a daily basis. But this was an Old Testament thing too. Isaiah went into the presence of God. He had a vision in the temple. In Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to abbreviate Leslie version, he had an encounter with the presence of God. Smoke filled the temple. He saw a vision of seraphim worshiping God. And the presence hit him, and he goes, oh my goodness, I'm doomed. I'm going to die because I'm in the presence of God, and I come from a people of unclean lips, and I am an unclean man. And the father sends a seraphim with a coal, and he comes, and the seraphim lays the hot coal on his lips, and he cleanses him. He restores his identity. He says, your sins are forgiven. Then look at verse 8. Woo! Look at verse eight. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Isaiah's response to the presence of God, to the cleansing power of the the forgiveness of God, of the redeeming power of the Father was, Here I am, send me. Hear me, pick me, I will go. You have restored my identity. And when our identity is restored in Christ, we're like, I'm going, I'm telling everybody I can. He is this good. You should be jumping out of your chairs right now. Woo, come on. This is Isaiah's response. What is our response? When he comes to you and he says, I've cleansed you. I've made you righteous and holy. Walk in it. Now who will go tell Jen? Who will go tell Larry? Who will go tell you name it. Your family member. Your coworker, the person on the street. Here I am, send me. I will go. I will intercede on behalf of my people. You see, the Lord is asking us to take on a mantle of harvest, which is a mantle of intercession on behalf of Tuscarawas County to see this county flipped upside down for Jesus. A friend of mine today, Bonnie, told me, she said, Do you realize that we have two Eagles families living in Tuscarawas County now? And when she said it, because she was bird watching, which I think is amazing, how many of you like to do that? See, you're not alone. There's people all over. But she said, up at the Zor Lake, there are eagles, a family of eagles, and she's been watching them just soar over the pond. And I'm telling you, when the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when his presence hits a valley, there will be a multiplication of wildlife. His, he, you will soar on wings like eagles. We're not going to just see a shift in hearts and minds. We're going to sh- see a shift in landscape. We're going to see light restored to the valley. Because when the Moravians came hundreds of years ago, when they established the mission school, they said, this is the valley of light. Come on, somebody. You have been placed in this area, in this demographic, wherever your home is, to be the light of the world, to be in intimacy with the Father, to know your identity, and then to walk in increase, period, end of story. That is our calling. Are we willing to say, here am I, send me, no matter what I look like, No matter if they call me a heretic. No matter if they call me crazy. No matter what they say, oh, she's just too much. It doesn't matter what they say. What is the Father saying to you about you? And what are you supposed to do? Do not shrink back because of the words of people. You are not here to earn their favor. You are here in the favor of God Almighty. Jesus, I'm speaking to my own heart. You see, I talked about the Moravians, and we read a story this week that blew our minds. Tuscarawas Valley was the first mission settlement in the United States of America. The Moravians came with an intent to see the Native Americans healed, set free, and redeemed. One of the beautiful things I learned this year about the Moravians is they didn't come in and tell them to change their ways, their culture. They didn't tell them to change their dress. They just infused the life of Jesus within them, and then righteousness was a result Come on. Don't go and say you gotta stop doing this, you gotta stop doing that, you gotta stop doing this, and then you'll be ready. No, now is the time. Not not someday soon. Come on. So this story, the Moravian slaves. A popular story about Christian missions concerning Johann Leonardo Leonard Dober and david mhm i don't know how to say his last name nikschmann something like that describes you can get, you can look the story up it's legit i'm not just making it up describe how these two young moravian brethren from hernhut germany that's why i can't pronounce their names were called we we're called excuse me we're called in 1732 to minister to the african slaves on the islands of saint thomas and saint croix in the Danish West Indies. Listen. Allegedly, when they were told that they would not be allowed to do such a thing, Dober and Nixman sold themselves to a slave owner and boarded a ship bound for the West Indies. As the ship pulled away from the docks, it is said that they called out to their loved ones on shore. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. God called them. The world said, No, you're not allowed. They were willing to sell themselves into slavery, they became slaves to deliver the gospel. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Will you stand? May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes and they placed him in a manger. We learned a couple weeks ago that that was a symbolic act, that he was the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was the ultimate sacrifice. May the lamb of God receive his reward. It's a huge challenge to my heart. Why would I shrink back when he paid such a great price for my neighbor, for my friend? For this valley of people that he dearly loves and calls his, why would I shrink back? And I believe the Lord is calling out a remnant. Come on, guys. The, the, it's only going to increase in intensity the attack of the enemy, right? So we can't get distracted by him. He's, he's nothing. we got to stay focused. And he says, I'm calling you out. Are you willing to go the distance? Are you willing to go the heights? Are you willing to sell yourself to see someone else, which I look at as laying down my life and picking up his cross? Are you willing to say, may the Lamb of God receive his reward through my life? And that means I'll be honest with my words and I won't hesitate in speaking the truth and love to somebody. It means I will call out the life and the love in them. You see what it looks like is, is, it looks like loving God with all of your heart and loving every single person around you with everything that you are. No matter what they've said about you, no matter how they've hurt you, no matter, but you don't know what they've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. Come on, time is now stop we have to stop I have to stop making any excuse to say oh then the harvest oh four more months and then five more our five-year plan no now is the time I believe this morning that the Lord wants to give you an impartation an anointing for knowledge and wisdom for words to speak to people you encounter on a daily basis it's time to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and not in our own might. In my weakness, he is stronger, church. You're going to recall the word and it's just going to come. Scriptures are just going to come. I don't know if I've ever read that. It's just going to come. The Holy Spirit is ready to give you more. Praise God. Praise God. impartation is the simple act of giving knowledge or wisdom the ability to give others what god has given you what if you walked up to so and so and said god has something for you today may i pray over you boom holy spirit hits and they they fall to their knees wherever you are his presence is may his kingdom come and his will be done Now Holy Spirit just wants to speak, so you need to just tune your ear to His voice. I'm being silent for a reason. Hear His voice in this moment. What is He saying over you for 21? What is He asking of you? What are you feeling, a pressing on your heart, a moving in your heart? given everything you need you have been given everything you need go and reap the harvest go and reap the harvest. You have been given everything you need. Would you put your hands out again in a sign of receiving, not surrender up like this, but in, in a posture of receiving. He has gifts for you. He wants to give you knowledge and wisdom. He wants to give you understanding of things that you haven't been able to understand. He wants to give you words to speak to someone who you just have tried and tried and they just couldn't hear you. He's gonna give you the exact words that will pierce their heart, that will break through the walls, that will bring the chains down in Jesus' name. He's giving you the Gifts of wisdom and knowledge and understanding this morning to reap the harvest that he has placed in front of you. The fields are full. Go after them. His compassion will move you. His love will shake you to the point of just wrapping your arms around someone. You will see the harvest. You will see the harvest with your own eyes. Receive his gifts this morning. He's placed in your hands specific for your life, for your calling, for your destiny in him. It's time to move church. Woo! Receive and move. Receive and move. Holy Spirit anointing on every person in this house. Anointing, anointing, anointing. Anointing, anointing. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah church. That's it do it. Now is the time. Let's go. Let's go. I feel like, let's go, Kyle. Let's go. You ready? Woo. We send you out in the name of Jesus and the peace and love of Christ. Go for it. Take the county in Jesus' name. Woo. I love you all.